0: Good morning. Today is Wednesday, December 14th, 2022. The very first Rashi in Chumash, at the beginning of Barashas, Barashas Barolakim, God created heaven and earth. Rashi asked the following question. Why does the Torah begin with the words Barashas Barolakim? and the whole narrative of the book of Horatius Genesis of our patriarchs and matriarchs and not begin with the first mitzvah, the first commandment that's commanded to the entire Jewish people, which is already in the book of Shmos, in Exodus, when Moshe tells the Jewish people, Hachodosh rosh that you should follow the lunar calendar. And this is the beginning of the lunar month. That's the first mitzvah of the 613 commandments. And if the word Torah means Hora teaching, why doesn't it begin with the first teaching, with the first commandment, instead of all the stories and narratives of the Book of Bereshia? That's Rashi's question, first Rashi in Bereshia. <clears throat> and Rashi gives an answer which is amazingly prescient for our time. Rashi says, there will come a time when the nations of the world will say to the Jewish people, listim atem, you are thieves, you are interlopers, you have no right to the land of Israel. And therefore, says Rashi, the Torah begins, God created the world. And God promised the land of Israel to the Jewish people. And this is our pedigree. This is our proof that we are the legitimate inhabitants of the land of Israel. Of course, if we can live in peace with others as well. That's Rashi's famous answer to this first question. The Ramban, Nachmanides, gives a different answer. And Rabbi Aaron Lichtenstein explains that the Ramban is basing his approach on a passage we learned a few weeks ago in the Parsh of Chay where we have this long, long narrative about Eliezer promising to go find a way for Yitzchak and he travels to, to Avraham's family and he finds a girl there and she meets his criteria and the Torah tells this story in great great detail and our sages tell us that there are important lessons to learn from the sichas the everyday speech of our patriarchs and our matriarchs how they lived their lives day to day, how they acted on a normal, regular basis. There are lessons to learn. There are values that we learn from the Book of Boratius, the Narratives in Boratius. And the Rahman explains, yes, it's true, one type of the teaching that we have from the Torah is the mitzvahs, the commandments. But there is another type of teaching which is equally important, and that is the area of values, how we should act, What are the right values to have in life? And that we learn from the narratives. And so as we learn these narratives, we should be looking for the lessons that we are supposed to be learning that make it worthwhile for the Torah to begin with a first book of complete narratives that are essential to our makeup as Jews. And Rabbi Aaron Lichtenstein points out a crucial lesson to learn in values from this week's Torah portion. This week's Torah portion begins with the terrible disharmony among the sons of Yaakov. The brothers speak badly about Yosef. Yosef speaks badly about the brothers to his father Yaakov. And the whole thing descends into terrible, terrible arguing, fighting, violence, and all of the consequences we're going to see in this week's total portion and over the next weeks. What did the brothers say that was so disparaging about Yosef? What was it that set off this whole thing? And Yosef goes and tells his father, they're speaking bad about me. And it causes the argument and everything else that happens. What did the brothers say about Yosef that started this whole thing? Remember, the Torah tells us Yosef was 17 years old. And our rabbis in the Medjus tell us that the brothers were saying about Yosef, you know, he spends too much time Uh, worrying about how his hair looks, worrying about his appearance. He's spending too much time, like a teenager. He's spending too much time in foolish things. But Raviron Lichtenstein asked the following question. Is that a good reason to break up a family? Is that a good reason? Is that a possible beginning to what leads to almost the collapse of Yaakov's entire family and the arguing and the violence and the humiliation and the suffering because he's spending too much time thinking about his hair. It seems ridiculous. Yaakov's suffering for years thinking that his son Yosef has been killed Yosef suffering, being sold into slavery, then being imprisoned. The brothers suffering when they have to go down to Egypt and they're going to realize in next week's Torah portion that now Yosef might take revenge on them and they're afraid for their lives. The entire story that, that snowballs until the Jewish people are exiled and enslaved in Egypt, as we, as we see in the beginning of the book of Shemos, And it all comes because of comment, a comment about Yosef spending too much time with his appearance, with his hair. Says and Lichtenstein, what we learn from here is that jealousy and suspicion and negative speaking about another that could be so minimal, it could be mundane, it could be about nothing, it is destructive. With just a small measure of benevolence and goodwill on the part of each side, they would have managed to get along. Okay, so he's 17 years old. He's spending a little too much time with his hair and his appearance. Okay. All right, Yosef, they said something not so nice about you. Okay, you'll get over it. But the moment, says Ravarin Lichtenstein, that people become mean and suspicious, even the smallest issue becomes grounds for hatred and competition. And this reaches the point within a space of just a few psukim, just a few verses at the beginning of our Torah portion. We have these dreams of Yosef and then just a few verses later, the brothers are ready to, God forbid, kill their brother Yosef. But yes, yes, that's how far it can go over nothing And how much further does it go? When finally, later we're going to learn, finally, after the reconciliation, after they're all together in Egypt, after everything is over, and then Yaakov dies at the end of his life, and then the brothers are worried, maybe Yosef is now going to exact revenge on us for what we did to him all those years later. There's no end to the fear and the suspicion. How much bitterness was stored up in the hearts of every single one of these participants over decades? How does it affect Yaakov when at the end of his life he comes before Pyro and Pyro says, how old are you? And Yaakov says, I have lived bitter and sad years. His whole life is colored by this terrible, drawn-out trauma. Says and Lichtenstein, this is the reason the Torah begins with Bereshus, to teach us lessons like this. This, if not the most important, is certainly very high on the list. The Torah wants us to understand how mistrust and blame can destroy everything, even among this most majestic family. A society depends on mutual trust, on benevolence, on goodwill, when there is a lack of goodwill, when there is suspicion and jealousy and negative speaking, even about the most ridiculously minor subject, it hurts three parties. The person who harbors the ill will because he is or she is automatically viewing things in a negative light, that he or she will take a grudging view of everything and this will destroy his or her life. It harms the person who is suspected of of wrongdoing. Even if it happens that the suspicion is justified, it causes more harm. And third, society as a whole is harmed. We have to realize that the most trivial, meaningless, and unimportant subjects can cause the greatest destruction unless there is a measure of goodwill and trust and benevolence and forgiveness and a willingness to make it work out together. Otherwise, we are doomed. And that's why the Torah begins with these narratives of the Book of Boratias. My friends, I want to wish you a great day, and I look forward to seeing you soon in person.